Welcome to the Granite Gals Podcast. This is the podcast where we interview female hikers who hike the right mountains. I am Alexandra Herr. And I am Sage Herr. The opinions that we personally express in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our interviewee or of any organizations we may mention. Hello, everyone. Today we are interviewing Heather Anderson, who goes by Anish. And let me clarify here, um, is that how you pronounce it? Anish. Anish, okay. (laughs) Who goes by Anish. She is an extremely accomplished and experienced hiker. She did the Triple Crown, which is the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail, for people who don't know, in only one calendar year, and has broken a number of speed records. Welcome to Granite Gals. Thanks for having me on. So when did you start hiking, and why do you like to hike? I started hiking uh, in 2001. No, 2000? 2001. Um, and uh, it was sort of accidental. I was... Uh, working I got a summer job working at the Grand Canyon and I had never really been hiking I just wanted to see the Grand Canyon so I got a summer job in college working out there and pretty much my first day there I got invited to go on a hike with some of my new coworkers and immediately fell in love with it cool so why why do you think you like it so much um I'm not really sure it's just the thing that I really love um I just enjoy being outside in nature and I mean, I like a lot of things that get me outdoors, climbing and, and running and um, hiking. Um, but hiking was definitely my first introduction to some sort of athletic thing that I enjoyed. And so it's just always stuck with me. It was kind of my first love. You did the Triple Crown, which is the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail, for people who don't know, in only one calendar year. Um, this is an incredible accomplishment. Can, can you tell us about your experiences, um, positives and the negatives? Oh, well, it's definitely a lot of walking, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long time to stay focused on one task. Um, it took me just a little bit over eight months, um, and that's definitely the longest I've been out continuously on one trip, and so there were definitely, especially when the weather started getting bad, it was definitely kind of hard to stay with it mentally, because I was just like, well, you know, I'm kind of ready to be done and go home and be warm and not fight the weather. So that was what kind of I think the difficult thing is just staying with it um, when it was, you know, started getting uh, harder. And uh, but the the pros were definitely getting to see all the trails in different seasons than I'd experienced them before. Uh, I've hiked the trails each twice prior to this year, but those had all been summer hikes basically. Uh, so I started in March on the AT this year and got to really kind of experience. Uh, late winter, early spring in the Appalachians, which is a pretty rough, uh, <laughs> as you guys know. But I got to skip all the summer humidity, and I got to have the trail my- to myself. So that was pretty awesome. Similarly, you know, I got to experience uh, the height of fall on the Continental Divide, um, which usually, you know, you kind of have to be through Colorado before it really starts to get to be fall. And so you kind of miss out on that peak uh, aspen color and everything. So... Um, definitely just getting to, to getting to see areas in times of the year I hadn't seen them before. It was really special. You've completed a number of through hikes. Which trails that you've done were your favorites? Which ones were your least favorite? I mean, it's really hard to uh, say a favorite or a least favorite. I've I've enjoyed all the through hikes I've done just for different reasons. Um, I think the things that I like the least are when the trail is really crowded. 
because uh, part of why I like to go out is when is to have things to myself. So um, anytime you're kind of moving through the bubble on a, on a long distance hike, when you're kind of around where almost all the other hikers are, that can be uh, I don't know. I don't enjoy that as much. Um, I wouldn't say there's any one hike that I I just didn't enjoy or that I really loved more than any other. They're all rewarding. And they're probably also different. It's hard to choose. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like comparing apples to oranges. Where is uh, your favorite place to hike outside of the Northeast? Uh, two of my favorites, uh, Washington State and uh, also the Desert Southwest. Uh, I really love um, Arizona and New Mexico, um, hiking in the desert. Um, Death Valley is actually really high on my list of favorites. And then pretty much everywhere in the state of Washington is just glorious, especially in the in the summer. What do you enjoy about the desert? Mm, I definitely like the solitude. The desert is a lot a lot less popular, and there usually aren't as many trails in, in the traditional sense. It's more of uh, cross-country travel. You walk up and down washes or canyons, and I like to climb desert mountains, um, and they're usually very uh, rugged, and you're just kind of finding your own way up. And um, usually, at least most of the ones I've done, they're not super technical. You just have to find your way up to the top and you know, a lot of times you might be, like, the only person that goes up there for a year or two years or five years or whatever, you know. So you see a lot of wildlife and just definitely a sense of remoteness and added challenge, you know, because there's not water or, you know, it can get really hot. So you have to, you know, be pretty savvy. So I like that additional challenge. Do you enjoy the heat or are you more of a cold person? Well, I'm definitely not a cold person. Um, <laughs> I... I I enjoy the heat up to a point, but I would much rather be hot than cold. Is there something that's pleasing about being somewhere where you know that people haven't been for a really long time? And it, does, it, does it kind of feel like you're discovering something new? Do, is that part of the appeal for you? Yeah, I think that that's part of it. Um, there's also just like a certain kind of appeal to just being out there all alone and knowing that you're all alone. I climb a lot of off-trail peaks in the state of Washington, and there's a lot of times where I'm out there and I'm on the mountain and I'm like, well, I'm probably the only person in this entire valley, you know, and I'm probably the only person in that valley or that valley, you know, this mountain, you know, for, you know, miles in any direction as far as I can see because I'm way out here all by myself. And um, it's definitely a a sense of – gives you an – increased sense of awareness of just how massive uh, and wild um, nature can be when you are com- you know you're completely removed from other people. The Four Thousand Fritters is a common list that New Hampshire hikers enjoy completing. You hiked over many 4Ks while doing the Appalachian Trail. Which 4K was your favorite? Uh, it always has to be Musilaki for me, I think. Um, I think because no matter which direction you're going, like I've done the AT, um, both directions. And so it's either your first mountain of New Hampshire that's going to, you know, kind of the beginning of the whites or, and, you know, your the start of your excitement to go through the whites, or it's like your mountain with a sense of relief because you're finally through the whites <laughs> and you get to go down and, and be, you know, much less difficult from there on. So, um, and the view up there is really stunning, and I don't know, I guess I just always really enjoy that summit. Do you have a, a 4,000 footer that you didn't particularly enjoy? I mean, I think that there's always a point where 
you're climbing something and you're just like, oh, why is this here in my way? <laughs> because you're just like, I just want to be wherever, you know, or I want to be going downhill right now or I don't want to be going uphill right now or whatever. But I don't think there's really a peak that in and of itself I dislike the mountain. It's just usually okay. probably more where my mind is at the moment. <laughs> if I'm feeling good, it, it doesn't matter. But if it's the end of the day, I just want to be done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What mountain lists, as opposed to lists of through hikes or trails, have you hiked or are you working on? And what do you or do you enjoy about them specifically? Um, I'm working on the highest 100 peaks in the state of Washington, um, and I've been working on that for a few years now. Um, and I really enjoy that because it's a, it's a really wide mix. Obviously, you have everything from Mount Rainier, which is a technical glaciated volcano, to, you know, kind of these chalky heaps that are just walk-ups that they have lots of loose talus. Um, and then you have some that are, you know, technical um, rock or, you know, a mix of technical rock and glacier travel and, you know, just a huge, huge variety. And then some of them are just simple walk-ups. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy that list just because of the variety. And a lot of them are not commonly done, either because they're really dangerous or because they're really remote. So, you know, again, it goes back to that appeal of being out there and doing something pretty remote and not popular. Um, and then the other peak, I've, or peak list I've been working on is a prominence list. I've been working on the four and 5,000-foot prominence peaks in the United States. I like that list because I feel like it's a good cross-section between elevation and how much the mountain stands out. So, like, a, a desert mountain is going to have a lot more prominence than, like, a peak in the Sierras where all the mountains are kind of the same height. So that also list also takes you to some really random out of the way places. Um, and a lot of them are in the desert and I like desert peaks. So I think Nevada has like a giant percentage of those peaks uh, just because they're kind of like the sky islands where it's one big mountain in like a flat desert. And then I've just been working on the 50 state high point list as well, um, which is kind of oh. a fun, fun detour list to work on while you're road tripping across the country. <laughs> so. Really? How many of the high points have you done? I think I'm at 27 right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, yeah. we worked on that for a while, too, so that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah that's which has been your favorite? Uh, I have a few favorites. I mean, Rainier um, was a, a big favorite. I did that on my birthday a few years ago. So that was a, a really cool peak to accomplish. And then, like, I think the the funniest favorite I've done so far was the high point of Florida. Because it's literally just, you know, you drive up to a parking lot and then you're kind of there. And I was, like, insisting on, like, walking around in the trees and stuff looking. I was like, there's got to be a point higher than this. <laughs> My fiancé was kind of like, no, I'm pretty sure this is just it. You know, because it just looks the same height as everything else. Um, so it's like I, I kind of have enjoyed some of the lower or less prominent high points for that. Because it's just kind of ridiculous. It's like, okay, well, here we are at this political high point. But it's not really that remarkable. So, but, yeah, so, I don't know, it's kind of a fun list. Obviously, Katahdin's a, a great one. Um, that's just a fun and stunning climb anytime. Uh, Rainier is quite the technical peak, so could you tell us, you know, what were your experiences with hiking Rainier, and are you glad you did it? And Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed uh, climbing it. It was a bit of an adventure, I think, always climbing a peak like that is kind of an adventure. I was... um part of a, a two-rope team, and uh, only one of the rope teams chose to go up 
onto the upper mountain. Um, we had somebody that was pretty uh, sick, and so they turned their rope team went back. So it was um, there were three of us on our rope, and uh, we had started at 6 p.m., uh, which is like an unusual start time from the high, from the high camp of uh, at Mir. Uh, most people start at like one or two in the morning from there. Uh, and then try to summit around um, sunrise and then be back down before there's an increased ice fall risk once it starts warming up. But we uh, had been watching the weather and we knew that there was the potential of storms moving in and uh, we didn't want to delay starting. Uh, so we didn't really sleep. Uh, we hiked up and then we rested for a few hours at the high camp and then at 6 p.m. we started up the mountain. And so we got to the summit at, I believe, like 1 p.m. or 1 a.m., it was really kind of eerie up there because it was like there was a full moon and there were like fires burning in the cascade. So the moon was actually red. And then we could see wow. lightning all over in the distance. And I mean, Whoa. you can see everything because you're at 14,000 feet. And so you're above everything. And so um, it was just kind of this very surreal like feeling. And it was amplified by the fact that like we hadn't slept and my two partners both were slightly altitude sick. And then we were like, oh, we have to get down the mountain as quickly as we can. So we were trying to descend. It was, a, it was a drought year, so a lot of the crevasses were really open, and some of the ladders had already fallen in, and there was a lot of winding. Like, the route was actually really long because we had to go around a lot of crevasses, so weaving our way up and down the mountain was really – took longer. And we had – and so, of course, as we're coming down, all the rope teams are coming up, and so we kept having to wait because uh, the down mountain um, always waits for the up mountain traffic. So it took us a really long time to get down the mountain. We were exhausted, and – and then we had a near miss with some ice ball coming down. So we were just really relieved to get back to um, our camp where we, like, slept for a couple of hours before we descended the mountain. But, yeah, so it was, like, 48 hours without sleep and climbing the mountain, and <laughs> it was crazy. But it was it was fun. Wow. <laughs> Have you ever experienced sexism directed towards you on the trail? Yeah, probably. I tend to just, it, like, kind of rolls off of me. I, I've never really had anybody be extraordinarily sexist in a really like blatant manner probably usually because I pass them so fast they don't have time to say anything to me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but definitely I've I've gotten like looks or you know kind of like passive comments about being a woman or oh let me show you how to do this thing and I'm like oh I think I can handle it so it's definitely present yeah it's always frustrating but I think it's important not to take anything to heart you know but at the same time handle it so it can be kind of fault. Yeah, I mean, I just do my best to be me and not get flustered, but just, like, demonstrate that I'm capable. Can you tell us about your most memorable animal encounters on the trail? I would say I was uh, stalked by a mountain lion for a short distance on the PCT one time, and that was pretty okay. memorable. Um, it, I didn't realize I was being followed at first, so it took a little while before I figured it out, and then when I uh, realized what was happening... It was about the time I was supposed to be setting up my camp, and so I was really not wanting to set up camp with a mountain lion wandering around following me. Um, and I was thankful I found there were some other people camped in that area, and so I pretty much just camped right next to them. And so that, that felt safer. Uh, I never did actually really see that mountain lion. Um, but I did see one later on that same hike, and uh, it was crouched down on the trail ahead of me, and I basically just like ran at it yelling and waving my arms and chased it away. And so it ran off, thankfully. So those have been a couple. Mountain lion encounters are a little bit memorable. And um, I've definitely run into a lot of grizzly bears hiking in Montana. Uh, only one of them, though, was really scary. It was a sow and cubs. And I'd come around a corner and surprised her. And she was not very happy about it. 
(laughs) And so basically I was just like apologizing and backing up and then just waited (laughs) and kept making noise. And eventually she left a little ways away or further, far enough away that I felt like I could go by. But it was a really terrifying, probably like five minutes of my life. Oh, can't imagine. Yeah. (laughs) This probably doesn't happen like a ton because, you know, you're hiking so quickly. Um, but do you remember any, you know, people that stood out to you on the trail, you know, people that you met along the way? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the really awesome things about through hiking is there's definitely a sense of community on the trail. And it doesn't really matter how fast you're hiking or how slow you're hiking. You usually have interactions with other hikers. And even if they're just a few minutes, I mean, I think there's just like this instant sense of camaraderie you get. Uh, because you're on this journey together, even if you might never see each other again. And uh, definitely over the years, I've hiked with uh, different people off and on or hiked near people off and on. And some of the people from my very first AT hike in 2003 are still my friends to this day. And uh, we we hang out. And some of them live in Washington. And we hang out and, you know, we interact online and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tight-knit community. And a lot of my best friends are people I never even met on the trail, but they're just fellow through hikers. And so we just have that commonality. What's next? Do you have any specific hiking-related plans for the future? I don't really have anything specific. I definitely did my best to just focus on getting through this year. And uh, there were definitely a lot of times where I vowed I was never hiking again. Um, obviously, that's not true. <laughs> but <laughs> there were definitely days where I was uh, I was pretty pretty fed up with walking every day. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure I'll come up with something by the time summer rolls around, uh, but right now I don't have any plans. So, um, now I'll ask some mostly non-hiking related questions. So, what do you do for a living? I do a lot of different things. Uh, basically, I guess right now you could say I'm an author. The first book comes out in the spring. Uh, about It's about my Pacific Crest Trail speed record that I set in 2013. And probably after I get done processing a little bit, I'm going to start working on a book about this calendar year uh triple crown congratulations thanks what's your favorite food on trail or off (laughs) oh um i guess both (laughs) i think on trail it's probably anything with peanut butter in it like peanut butter m&ms or reese's peanut butter cups or anything peanut buttery Uh, and off trail it's definitely salad any sort of salad Uh, i think when i got off um, my hike this year i think it was probably the first week i ate like three salads a day. I was just so craving vegetables. Yeah, on the trail, it's pretty hard to come by. Yeah, and then, like, getting, like, enough, like, good fresh vegetables. You know, it's, like, towards the end, I was, like, buying canned vegetables and eating them, and uh, they're just not as good as, like, having a nice, like, salad. What's your favorite non-hiking-related book? You know, I saw that in the, like, preview email, and I've been trying to think, and I can't remember the last time I read a, like, non-hiking-related book. <laughs> Um, but it's probably, uh, like, one of Madeline Lingle's books, like A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, oh, that's a great those, one. <laughs> yeah, I love Yeah, I, I really enjoyed her, that there's, like, a trilogy or something. I remember reading those, and those I read those, like, over and over and over again when I was younger. If you could either fly or be invisible, which would you choose and why? I would definitely choose to fly. Uh, it would definitely make my mountaineering choices a lot safer. <laughs> <laughs> dogs or cats? You say dogs or cats? Yeah. Uh, I can't choose. I alternate between telling my fiance I want a puppy and I want a kitty. I'm pretty <laughs> sure yesterday I was asking him for both for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, they both have their 
pros and cons. Yeah. Chips or popcorn? Popcorn. Cheddar or Swiss? Swiss. And um, if you had to pick either summer hiking or winter hiking, which would you choose? Like definitely <laughs> definitely summer hiking. I had so much winter hiking this year. I probably had a lifetime supply of winter hiking this year. <laughs> my uh, my friend uh, Arlette up there in, in Massachusetts, she does so much hiking in the whites, and I've been looking at her pictures since I got back to my – and I'm just like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, the winters up here are quite rugged. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's awesome to get out in that kind of stuff, but I'm just like, no, I don't. I don't want that anymore. Enough snow. I want only warm hiking for a while. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. It was great having you. Yeah, it was great being on the show. Thanks so much for reaching out. The preservation of the environment is important if we want to continue having beautiful mountains to hike. We strongly encourage you to donate to Union of Concerned Scientists, or UCS, it is an amazing organization that does important scientific research to help prevent negative effects of climate change. You can learn more about UCS and donate to their organization at ucsusa.org.